0: Go ahead and be seated. Thank you, worship team. Thank you, Lord. If you want to go ahead and open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 18, we are going to at least tentatively finish our uh, series on the kingdom of God today. It's hard not to preach on the kingdom of God, but we've been specifically there for eight different messages here to start the year. And we finished the kingdom prayer, the Lord's Prayer, last week, but uh, there's really more we could go into. But I feel like uh, this is definitely where God has us today. I can tell you that with a lot of confidence because uh part of the message has already been preached it's been preached in a couple of the songs i just got here this morning and saw the songs that that lisa had picked out and uh i was like wow that, that's pretty interesting <laughs> that's either really lucky <laughs> or she was hearing from god i'm just going to go with she was hearing from the lord so uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about being a child of God and uh being the children of God and being a child in the kingdom and so uh those last two songs especially really focused in on that uh the word my wife gave us is is right in line with exactly what some of the things that are going to be said again. so if you didn't hear it the first time, then you get a double dose um, so Matthew chapter eighteen. We've been focusing on the kingdom and seeing that the kingdom of God is, um, you know, the kingdom of God is is really right side up, but it feels upside down. You know, there's it feels when you first get involved in things. It's like, Man, this is so backwards to everything I've ever known. Hey, that's good news. It should feel ba- It should seem backwards to you, but it's really frontwards. You were just backwards. <laughs> Before you come to Jesus, you're the one that's backwards, not him. And so you're the one that gets turned around and changed around. And uh, you come into his kingdom. And instead of uh, things being done by force and, and power, they're, they're done with humility and love. You, know, you want to have influence in someone? You want to be the greatest in the kingdom? What does Jesus say? Hey, you want to be the greatest? Get down and serve. Be the lowest servant of all. Not some, not the servant of some, the servant of all. Big difference there. I like the servant of some better. I wish that was in the Bible, because then you get to pick and choose, right? This is enjoyable. I love you. I get to serve you. Uh, Jesus didn't say that. He said the greatest in the kingdom is the servant of all. We don't get to pick and choose. It's like, hey, is that person breathing? How do I serve them? How do I love them? Today, Lord. What would you have me do? You know, when the kingdom begins to redefine our, our perceptions, our, our, our perspective, our thinking, we, we change the way we look at life, we change the way we, we look at situations, we change the way we, we look at other people, that we have to look at them through the eyes of the kingdom and in a new way. And, uh, you know, there's everything we need is in the kingdom. There's all the stuff we've talked about these few weeks. If, you, if this is your first time... I can't summarize seven weeks in, in right now real quickly, so uh, you can listen to those online if you're so inclined, uh, on our website or whatever. Um, and there's so much more we could do, but, but this is an interesting one that, that Jesus says and talks about the kingdom here in relation to children. It's Matthew 18, it says this, At that time the disciples came in to Jesus and asked who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? So, I mean, you know that the, the disciples here, I don't know that they were just looking for information. You know what I'm saying? You know, I think they were actually looking for like kind of a confirmation. Like, which one of us is it? <laughs> or, or how do I get there? Because I want to be that one. Who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? You know, I'm just out of the blue, Jesus. I've just been thinking about it. Who's the greatest? And then Jesus throws a big old curveball, 12-6. 12 o'clock, 6 o'clock curveball. And uh, for those of you that are baseball fans, those, the rest of you are like, what are you talking about? Uh, he, calls a, he called a little child to him and placed the child among them and said... Truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, get this, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoa. Jesus is pretty serious about that. He didn't say it's a good idea to do this, or this is one of the ways, or this is a good option to have, you know, keep your options open, just... He said unless you change and become like a little child you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. Now just in case you think Jesus was joking... I want us to read a couple more scriptures. If you flip over to the next chapter, Matthew 19, verses 13 and 14. This is a very famous encounter where Jesus has with children. He says, Then people brought little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked them. But Jesus said, No, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. Look, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Just in case you weren't convinced yet that Jesus wasn't joking, that he didn't just misspeak, turn to Matthew 11 and verse 25. Matthew 11, just a few pages back, in verse 25. And it said, uh, I mean, Jesus had actually just been denouncing a bunch of cities that didn't believe in him. This is really kind of an interesting prayer. He's like, woe to all these cities. Woe to you. Chorazin and Capernaum and all these different places that you saw the miracles, yet you still didn't believe. And then he stops and he kind of changes the prayer. He begins to worship. He says he begins to worship the Father. At that time, Jesus said, "I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned, and revealed them to little children." Yes, Father, for this was what you were pleased to do, or this was your good pleasure. Now know, it was interesting, several different times Jesus says, hey, you, you've got to be like specifically a little child. It's okay, it's just a phone. We know somebody left it on. <laughs> It'll happen to you someday. Um, you know, Jesus didn't say... He, didn't, he specifically said little child. And I think he was being very specific. See, think about kids. Okay, I've got kids. Some of you don't remember because you're so old. Um, you know, but you might have grandkids, okay? I've got to get it in every week. We had a big joke on the worship team about age beforehand, so I had to just throw another one in. So, um, you know, when you have when you have kids, you you, you remember what a, what a, what a child is like, and and there's something. I know that Jesus wasn't talking about throwing fits. Okay, just want to clear that up. When he says become like a little child, I'm positive. If I'm sure of anything in my life, that Jesus wasn't saying throw a fit because kids can throw fits. Okay, let's just let's just be clear on that. So he wasn't saying be childish. He was saying be child-like. You know, when kids, when little children are different than, a little, than older children. You know, there's a certain age where kids begin to mature enough, where they begin to change from the characteristics of being a little child. For example, if you take my family, if I look at Er Lee and the way she responds to life and responds to things, it's a whole lot different than Evan. And it's not just that they're boy and girl. There, there is some of that for sure. There's just something that happens when, when you grow a little bit older. You kind of have stuff in the world happen to you, and you begin to, you begin to change. You know, a little child will trust just about anybody. I mean, that's why we have to tell our kids, hey, don't just, don't talk to strangers, you know. (laughs) Now, some of them are quiet and they don't talk to anybody. So they're just not, just because they're shy. But most little children in their world, they think, oh, everyone's trustworthy. I, I can trust, you know, they're around people, they're around family, and hopefully most of them are trustworthy. Again, we're talking about an ideal situation. There's some kids, you know, some of you may have been born into a situation where you learned Even at a young age, this is not safe. People are not safe. Okay? But as most little children, it takes them a while to learn that because they have to live in the world a little bit before they realize, oh, I can't trust everybody. Everybody is really not a safe person. There are some people that will hurt me. There are some people that will harm me. And so I have to close myself off and I have to protect myself from being harmed. And so, you you know, a three-year-old usually in an ideal situation, has not learned that yet. They just think the world to them is just wide open and it's, it's just there. And so that's why Jesus said, hey, you've got to change. Now what Jesus wasn't saying was, hey, you need to go back and think like a three-year-old. <laughs> I can't do that. Uh, I don't even know what I was thinking at three. Does anybody remember being three No, we don't. I remember being four. I do. I promise you, I remember being four when I was four years old. My mom came in and sat on my bed with me. I was probably pretty close to five somewhere, but I was four years old. My mom sat on my bed and she said, do you want Jesus in your heart? I remember it. It's probably one of the only memories of being four I have. But I remember my mom coming in to me. And she sat down on the bed and Josh was there too, my brother, my younger brother. So he was only, he probably turned three. He doesn't remember this. He didn't get saved that day. It took him until he was 18 to get it. But then um, <sighs> God worked overtime on him for a few years. So, but I remember and she, and we prayed and I'm like, yes, I, I want to, I want Jesus in my heart. And I believe that's the time that I was saved, that I, I was Born again. You know, uh, in John chapter 3, can we just put that? Oh, <laughs> there's nobody at the computer. Can we put that scripture on there? John chapter 3? Jesus said this about the kingdom. Uh, he's meeting with Nicodemus and says, Very truly, I say to you, or I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. In verse 4, how can someone be born when they're old, Nicodemus? That surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. And Jesus says, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and of the Spirit. So here's the deal. First of all, we've been talking about the kingdom a lot and... Just as my mom sat down with me that day when I was four years old and said, Do you, do you want Jesus in your heart? Do you want to follow Him? Do you want to trust Him? There has to be a moment in your life where you are born again. You, it's, it's not just that you suddenly think, Hey, this Jesus stuff is a nice idea. I believe what Jesus says. I I mean, this is all good stuff. This is good. Uh, I like, I like what it, what it's like to, to, to be in fellowship with people and to, to have the effects of the kingdom of God. No, you have to be born again. You have to be changed. You have to be, you have to be saved. There has to be that moment where you receive Jesus into your life as your Lord and your Savior, not just your Savior. He has to be the Lord. In other words, I am going to be forever following you. What you say matters most. What you want matters most. What you desire matters most. And it comes simply by being like a child. We have to just trust Him. We just have to trust that He is a good Father. That He is who He says He is. I mean, that's really what it is about becoming becoming saved or being born again, being born from above. There There is something that happens, though. You should know whether or not you've been born again. You should know, hey, there's, there was a time in my life where I just decided and I know that there was a difference in my life. I was changed. Something happened when I decided to follow Jesus, when I gave him my heart, when he gave me his heart. That's why literally to be born again means to be born from above. In other words, there's something from heaven that's deposited in my life when I trust Jesus with my life for the first time. And so it's not just mental assent. It's not just believing a bunch of things that are true. It's actually having an encounter and a change of heart where he, where heaven comes and lives in me. Because I can't enter the kingdom. I can't see the kingdom. I can't truly experience the fullness of the kingdom unless I am born Again, unless I am trusting Jesus as my Lord and my Savior, that He is the one that's in charge. It's kind of a little sidetrack, but I encourage you, if you've never done that in your life, you need to do that. You don't have to come see a pastor. You don't have to raise your hand in church. You don't have to come forward at an altar call. You can. That's great. But what really matters is what's happening in your heart. There's a transaction, there's a heart connection with heaven that's going on where you are trusting Jesus and say, forever and ever, I'm yours, I belong to you. And in that moment, when that happens, when that faith, really that's what that is, that trust is there's a faith that happens in our heart, it says we're born from above. There's a a newness, I become a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. I am then a child of God. Everybody is not a child of God. On earth, the Bible makes it clear in John chapter 1 that uh, Jesus gave us the right to become children of God. All humans are not children of God. I know we like to all say that. Oh, we're just all God's children. Not unless you're born again. If you're not born again, you're not God's child. It's a little gospel message here. Just a reminder, we don't want to assume either. That's what I want to learn is in my life when I'm around somebody. Some of you grew up in West Texas. Weird people, okay? (laughs) Really strange. I've grown to love you, and I've probably started to look like you a little bit after, well, I've been in Texas 21 years now, I think. But well, yeah, well, we'll let the Dodgers go. They they lost to the Texas team, so what can you do? Um, but uh, you know, there was a time in West Texas when you just assumed everybody knew the Bible, everybody knew about Jesus, everybody knew that you know you needed to follow him. Uh, look, I didn't grow up with that. I grew up in L.A. <laughs> I grew up in the Los Angeles area. Like you assume people weren't saved. (laughs) You're like, oh, you are. You do know Jesus. Whoa. (laughs) Where'd you come from? You know, it was a whole lot different. It's become, you know, I know it's changed in West Texas. Midland is a whole lot different than it was 16 years ago when I came here. 16, yeah, 16. Uh, And for some of you, when you were born, you know, 50 or 60 or more years ago, it's really a whole lot different than it was then. Back then, today... But we don't want to assume, I don't want to assume that anybody around me knows who Jesus is or knows what the Bible is or knows what, what it really says, other than seeing what's on the news that says, here's what a Christian looks like. And they show some picture of somebody doing something hateful or weird or whatever. Kind of a slanted, slanted view. It's like, hey, you need to make sure to introduce people to the real Jesus, the real Bible, the real truth, the real love. That's what they need to experience. Because whenever anybody in the Bible ran into Jesus, unless they were religious, they wanted more of him. And I truly believe that most people, if they met the real Jesus, there's going to be a, a lot of response that happens. I know there's, the Bible is clear. Some will just say no. I get that. There's many that will say no. But let's not assume, let's not assume someone doesn't know the simplicity of the truth that that God loves them. You know, we were watching a a show last night. We're really off the track here now. Do I need these? (laughs) Um, We turned on this uh, movie called Peter the Redemption uh, we were going to eat some ice cream. Like the kids were finally in bed, you know, and we got them I and it was about... And we just took showers and stuff. It was about 11 o'clock. No, about 10.30. Excuse me. So bedtime's at midnight for me. Uh, but uh, so about 10.30. We're like, we're going to have ice cream and watch a, watch a video here. We're going to turn something on. And so I'm like, I'm going to turn on something spiritual. It's Saturday night. you got to have something holy before church on Sunday, right? Um, so anyway, we turn on this Peter the Redemption and, uh man, this movie starts off, we we got 30 minutes in, so I turned to my wife and said, I don't think I can eat ice cream to this. <laughs> we need to turn something else on so we can have some ice cream. <laughs> I did. I'm dead serious. I said that. So we turned it, we watched 30 minutes and turned it off, because it starts off with Peter being tortured in the, in the prison being whipped and then they go to Jesus being crucified on the cross and talk about Peter denying Jesus right before that I'm like I oh, don't I don't want chocolate peanut butter right now <laughs> I do want it but I don't know if I can eat it in front of this but I had this thought it was just so interesting it was just a just a flash in my head it's like they were they were le- it was from the back view they had a back view and they were they were Putting the cross up, and they had this scene, they're showing the soldiers pulling the ropes, but they weren't showing Jesus' face. And so, just from the back, and so, it finally got the cross up, and he's just hanging there. And it was like, for a second, I was like, wow. I was like, is that real? And it wasn't a question of doubt, it was more a question of like amazement, like, is that real? This is what I'm asking people to believe, that this really happened. And it was just just like this quick in-between the ice cream, you know, thoughts and all that. It was just this quick moment. It was like, that is incredible that this really happened, that Jesus really came, and he wasn't just a dude, that he was God in the flesh. And he really did decide that moment. I mean, it's so like, you, we watch it with movies. Usually there's music going on. There's all kinds of different stuff. But man, there's no music that day on that hill. There was, there, it was just all the rawness, just blood and, and nasty smell and soldiers cursing and people yelling and all this stuff when Jesus was on that cross. And that's how God brought salvation to the world. Wow. I just wouldn't have thought of that. I wonder if that's why it's like God just did something so amazing. He says, hey, look, you're not going to get it unless you just change and become like a little child. I think one of the number one traits of a little child is just trust. Just simple trust. Just they believe. You know, look, doesn't mean they don't always obey. I get that. I have kids. I know that. But there's just a simple trust in my little girl that I'm going to take care of her. She believes Daddy can do anything. Hopefully, she'll realize at some point that it's Mommy. (laughs) That it's really Mommy that can do anything. Right. Uh, (laughs) Right. Here's what I believe. I believe the mom and the dad reveal who God is. How about that? <laughs> we're going we're gonna to both do it together. We were created in the image of God. Male and female It reveals the image of God. So, but I mean, you know, there's just like a trust that, that's going to happen. It's just a simple trust. You know, when, when a baby's born, the baby just cries and gets what they want. And there's just, they don't know anything else. And when they get a little bit older, they just know, hey, you, you provide for me. And what if, I, what if I transfer that to my relationship with my Father in heaven? Where I'm just like, I just trust. I'm just, just simply, I'm just going gonna, gonna to go with what you say. I'm going to believe that if I say something, you can take care of it. You know, as we grow up as a child of God, we learn sometimes God has to tell us no. He doesn't tell us that when we're a baby. You don't tell a baby no, right? When the baby's crying, you don't say, let me spank you. But when you get a little bit older, what happens? I have to say stop it and you have some form of discipline. Whatever you feel, I'm not here to argue about that. We do, we do use some spanking at our house every once in a while. Um, <clears throat> some like it more than others. Some children seem to enjoy it more. <laughs> apparently. But they need it. You know, they, they need discipline. They need boundaries. They need something. And the same thing happens in our walk with God. You know, as when we're a baby Christian, when we first come to God, it's like everything we say we get. But as we grow, you know, then sometimes God turns around and gives you a little spanking. You're like, whoa, I thought you loved me. You hate me. And we say things like that to God, don't we? When he's disciplining us, when he's saying, No. No. I won't let you do that. I won't let you have that. Because he's good. Childlike trust. Second thing, I've just got five here, so you can know when we're almost done. (laughs) Whether that's a bad or a good feeling, you'll know. Okay. (laughs) Little children. Remember, I'm using little, because see, when you... Older kids, they don't trust that I'm going to do everything. My, my Evan already knows that I can't do everything. (laughs) He's already, he's, the jig is up. I mean, it's over. Uh, I am not Superman anymore. Okay, he he knows there's limitations on on my life. But Airely, no. Daddy can do anything. So, little children trust. Little children are not quick to judge. You know, you, they're not really—they're—they're not—they don't judge people quickly by appearances usually. They're just—they're just people. You put a bunch of little kids together, and they're just going to start playing. They're not worried about, oh my gosh, look at what she's wearing. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see that little girl? She has a tattoo already at three. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> Can't believe they did that. What kind of, you know? All they're thinking about is, let's see, can this person play with me or not? And I'm just going to play anyway because it's all about playing. That's it. Let's just enjoy life and have a good time. And so it doesn't matter what you look like, what you're dressed like, how you talk. If your skin is a different color, it doesn't matter when you're a little child. It's just another person to play with. And so I think we need that too. We need to learn to not judge by appearances and not be quick to judge people on the outside. We could learn a little bit of that in our nation right now, couldn't we, huh? Number three, little children take risks. They try new things. They stick things in their mouth that they shouldn't put in their mouth. But they take the risk, you know? When you get a little bit older, you find out, you know, you don't take as many risks when you get older. Because you're like, Yeah, I've seen what's going to happen here. I might fail. So rather than risk failure, I'm just not going to risk at all. So that I stay in this safe place. I'm not going to venture out into anything new. You know, sometimes the only way to get to where God wants you to is to take a risk. Is to just try new things. Let me try something new. Take a risk. You know, we, we, we get we get in the mode of just we gotta be perfect, we gotta make it all right, everything's gotta be perfection, and so we don't try new things. And man, little children, they'll they'll try all kinds of new things. Let me see if I can fit this thing into the Blu-ray player. <laughs> Let's try it. You know, what does this button do on this thing? <laughs> Let's try it. You know, when you get older, you don't walk into well, most of you don't, but you don't walk into some building and start just I'm gonna start pushing the buttons in this building here, and then I'm gonna go up in the sound booth and just start moving, moving knobs around, right? But a little child, you put a little child in that sound booth, you know what they do? They see those knobs and they go, "What am I gonna do? I'm gonna try something new here. This looks fun. I'm just gonna give it a shot." You know, childlike faith and trust. Sometimes we gotta just try something new with the Lord. Just give it a shot. See what happens. It might be good. It might be, it might be disgusting when you put it in your mouth and you go, now I know. We don't do that. That's not good. Uh, dog food? Oh, actually, it's not bad. Okay? You know, whatever it is, you know. All my kids have eaten dog food. I don't know what it is. In a certain age where you realize that's actually not good. <laughs> and so, <laughs> you know, you've got to take some risks, Little children take risks, so take a risk for God sometimes. Step out and do something, do something new, do something fresh. Give it a try. You know, when it tastes bad, what do they do? They just take it out of their mouth and they move on. They don't go, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. Oh, oh, oh," beat themselves up, Uh, go into a place of guilt and shame. They just move on. That didn't work. I'm going to move on. Now that's healthy. Sometimes for us to say, you know what that didn't work. I'm just going to move on. I'm going I'm to move on. Number four, little children do not care about their reputation. They they really they don't walk into a room and say, "I wonder what that person's thinking about me." <laughs> I mean, I guarantee you. You go in the preschool preschool room, right? Preschool teachers, we're gonna, we're talking about three and four year olds, right? Most of them, aren't, they don't walk into preschool class and they're not worried about, man, is my reputation going to be changed by my interaction today in this class? <laughs> what, is the, what are they going to think? There's no, there's no concern with, with reputation. The, on, the only people that little children care what they think are daddy and mommy. In a healthy situation. Some situations I get it's just daddy or just mommy. When Ara Lee puts on clothes. You know who she wants to show every single time? She needs to come show daddy what she's wearing. Every single time. She doesn't go show her brother Evan. She doesn't, definitely doesn't go show her brother Kai. <laughs> the key rival. Okay, Closest in age she doesn't even necessarily need to show mommy mommy's usually dressing her because daddy doesn't know how (coughs) (laughs) there's no just jeans and a t-shirt option or you know for her and so she wants to show daddy look what i'm wearing daddy this is what oh hey look i'm wearing a necklace today daddy i've got this bow in my hair or whatever and whatever it is because the only reputation that matters to a little child is the one closest to them that they love. What if I went through life where it didn't matter what any of you thought, where it only mattered what my father thought? It doesn't matter if anybody else is approving of this or that, but it matters what he thinks. It matters what what he, what he he believes. So my reputation only is with with him number five and this is really the the response that ashley gave earlier Um, little children they believe who their parents say they are their identity is declared by their father and by their mother we had an interesting interaction at our staff meeting this week. We had our staff meeting, and, and uh, our staff meetings right now are just consisting of myself and Ashley and John Poe and Ara Lee. She's on staff. <laughs> <laughs> we've usually had to do them on Wednesdays, and we've done them spontaneously, mostly. We're, we're going to learn to plan a little bit better in the future. Uh, but we are at the staff meeting, and, you know, so Er Lee is kind of acting up, and so... John, second John, says, Are you a dog? Are you being a dog? And she said, No, I are Lee. And John's like, What? I said, She said, She's Erra Lee. Oh, so said, oh, you're not a dog? No, I'm Er Lee. And I started thinking about that as I was thinking about this point. Her identity is completely wrapped on up in what we have said to her who she is. And she's very specific on that too. If you ask her, she'll say, I, if she says something like I-A-L-A or something like "Ira," <laughs> she's telling you, no, my name is Era Lee. That's who I am. I just want you to know that my name is Era Lee because that's who my daddy and my mommy call me. What does Daddy God call you? That's who you are. That's who you are. It doesn't matter who anybody else says. When someone else comes and says, Are you a dog? No. Are you a failure? No. Are you a, a shameful person? No. I am. A child of God. My daddy tells me who I am. You know there's this awesome song. I really love it. Uh, it's called I Am No Victim. And it's by. Uh, it's a Bethel song. But it's by a lady named Christine DeMarco. Um, man it's this song. I think this. It's probably just getting to me, but every time I hear this song, I just get moved. And I think it's a song that needs to be sung, especially over the generation right now that's grown up in the United States of America, whatever we want to call millennials and, and younger, I don't, whatever you want to say. It says it's a, de- it's a song of declaration, where it just says, "I am no victim." I'm not a poor man. I've been. This is what happens when you do it by memory. Talks about being chosen by love. And then it goes off into this. uh, Breakdown bridge part. And it simply says this. I am. Who he says I am. He is. Who he says he is. I'm defined by all his promises, shaped by every word he says. I am who he says I am. He is who he says he is. I'm defined by all his promises, shaped by every word he says. I'm no victim. That's not who I am. I am who he says he, I am. And I need that childlike trust to hear that spoken to me and live in that reality each and every day. Let's stand. Let's stand. Thank you, Lord. You know, right now, just uh, if you haven't received something, maybe God just wants to speak something in your heart right now. Once again, I know we've kind of had this response already during worship. And uh, okay. so can we just kind of open ourselves up to see what the Holy Spirit would say to us right now? I mean, he's been speaking through so many ways this morning in our gathering. We just thank you right now, God, that we are who you say we are, that I am who you say I am. Father God, I pray for every single heart here. Lord, if we can leave with anything, if we can leave with truth, Lord, we will know the truth and the truth will set us free. Lord, I pray for freedom, that people would walk in freedom today because they are hearing what you say about them, God. And so once again, we thank you for every word that's been spoken that is not from you, God. We break the power of those words in our lives, and we release the truth of God's word over every single person. Lord, we thank you that you have made us a new creation. When we are born again, we are changed. The old is gone and the new has come. We become Children of God, we are, we are joint heirs with Christ. We are sitting with Jesus in the heavenlies. We have been given power and authority, Lord. We are, we are the anointed ones. We are the called ones. We are the loved ones. We are the beloved of Jesus. Lord, that shame and guilt and, and any chain in our lives doesn't belong with us because you have freed us that we are free people. We thank you for that reality, Lord, being manifest in our hearts today as we hear from the truth of your word, Lord. Help us change and become more and more like little children so that we can walk in the kingdom and see the kingdom and experience the power and the joy and the peace and the rest of the kingdom. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray for anybody who just needs to hear something from the Lord right now. Just whisper it in our hearts. Whisper it in our hearts, oh God. We pray, speak to us this week, Holy Spirit. Maybe there's a time when we get quiet later this week, when we're all by ourselves, Lord. Speak to someone in that quiet place. Let them hear your voice like never before. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that we don't have to walk as a a victim of anything in this life. It doesn't matter how hard our life has been, that you are greater, Lord. Your death and your resurrection, that was greater. And we choose to trust and believe that everything you have done is greater for good than what has been done evil to me in my life. We choose to believe that and to trust you that you're good. In Jesus' name. Can we just say this together. I am am. who he says I am. He He is is. who he says he is. is. I'm defined by by all his promises promises. shaped by by every word he says. says. It's good. You can say it again when you go home, when you're with your find that song online. You can find it on YouTube. Just play it over yourself. If that ministers to you, be blessed. This has been a great morning to share and hear from the Lord. So if you still need prayer, um, come on up and we'd love to pray for you before you go.